Welcome to day two of the WrestleMania weekend coverage here on theindycorner.com. I'm Beto. And I'm JP. And we're back again for day two. It's, uh, it's been a long day two. It kind of, it almost broke oh. me this one, JP. I say day yeah. two, it was night two. <laughs> uh, I found myself, uh, I was trying to, we were saying on yesterday's podcast whether we were going to stay up and watch spring break and mm-hmm. I found myself after the Hall of Fame went quite late. I was still awake and I thought, oh, maybe I'll, I'll see what's going on. Um, flash forward, it was about 9.30 in the morning on Saturday morning. I was still <laughs> awake. I think I saw you getting up and getting out of bed and uh, and starting to come online on Twitter. I did see a... I saw a yeah. lot of people doing that. People getting up at uh, 6 in the morning just in time for the Janela show going, oh, I'm out of bed, I'm online, here we go. And I was thinking, I haven't been to fucking sleep yet. It's just making me feel bad about my life decisions. Me and uh, Ian Hamilton and a couple of the other uh, British lads who decided to stay up late. Um, you didn't fancy that one, uh, the all-night than JP um, no, responsibilities and stuff I not so much that I would say the opening to Evolve 103 kind of <laughs> that one in the bud plus you're saying um, yeah well this is what I did I had it on the um, Apple TV so I was in bed I had it on my TV which is a scenario where you are going to fall asleep the moment that some, <laughs> there's a lull in the action. Yeah. And, uh, I, yeah, I wasn't feeling the Austin Theory Keith Lee opener. There's, and the next thing I knew it was the morning. And it was like eight, <laughs> eight o'clock. So I went, right, I better start watching these shows then. So yeah. I've done three shows today. <laughs> so that's hard. Uh, it's hilarious, isn't it? It's just, I, mean, I think maybe just yeah. too much WWN stuff. It's just all these evolved shows. Oh. There's, there's been a lot of enjoyable matches in isolation that we'll talk about, but it, it can be hard, hard going because the crowds aren't the best either. So yeah, I did find myself yeah. drifting up a lot, a little bit until I got my, my second wins. But yeah, I managed to, I got up the, I got to bed about 9 30, 10. Woke up about one because I'd wanted to watch the Merseyside derby and I think it was about one because they were well into the second half and I just remember looking at the score, looking at the lineups and then next thing I know I woke up and it was five o'clock. Um, <laughs> five p.m. that is. I mean, I'm someone who stays up late anyway, but yeah, that's another level uh, even for me. So yeah. oh. in the meantime, I've had a bowl of scouts and I've had a shower. I've caught up on wrestling Twitter. It's reminded me of being a teenager when I used to spend all night on AOL Instant Messenger doing wrestling e-feds and things like that. I should, uh, I'm in my 30s now, JP. I should have more responsibility than that. No, it's, it, it's easily done, mate. I tell because to, tonight, because we both watch UFC as well and you throw that into the oh, bloody mix as Christ. well. It's like tonight looks like one you're thinking, oh, I could be easily up here until <laughs> six. I know, I know, it's fine. I'm not packing work till Tuesday, so I'll readjust yep. my sleeping pattern at some point. I think that's my, that's what I'm telling myself anyway. Um, in the meantime, though, since yesterday's show, we've had a little bit of news that we're talking about. Uh, WWE mm. have uh, announced another UK tournament on June the 18th and 19th at the Royal Albert Hall. Coincidence that, isn't it, JP? It's the same month as uh, New Japan have decided to come and run England. I know, that's weird, isn't it? <laughs> oh, gee, yeah. Well, it's the inevitable response to anything they see as encroaching on their territory, and the UK is such a, an important territory for, for the WWE that something like this isn't really a surprise. Mm. Um, I don't know what the ticket sales have been like for New Japan. I must check to see. Um, I don't think there's been any word. No, no word at the moment. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting. Um, Royal Albert Hall, you say? Yeah. that's. I mean, that'll look fantastic. Just it's, like Blackpool yeah. look great, but it's, it's a Monday and Tuesday night, so I, even I was thinking, oh, I kind of want to go again, but 
I don't know. Monday and Tuesday night in London. One of the days is my birthday, so maybe that's the excuse. Uh, I don't know. I might, I might do it. Um, it's, it's relative. Yeah, it, it's, it'll be a hell of a, hell of an event. And didn't they hold WWE held their first UK special? Didn't they? That was in the Royal Albert Hall, if I remember rightly. Right. Yeah. You mean in the nineties? In the 90s, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I remember that was the Battle at Royal Albert Hall. I remember seeing the VHS uh, tape floating yeah. about a lot, yeah. So that's interesting stuff. Uh, you also yeah. caused, uh, on another news item, JP, you caused some trouble online with you saying that Matt Riddle was the, uh, the now the king of the <laughs> indies. There's a poll on the Indie Corner oh. Twitter account. Most people seem to agree with you. I think I would too, uh. especially with uh, the news that Zack Sabre Jr. is leaving Evolve. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what? I mean, there are loads of, e- like, available candidates to say that there's a monarchy within the indies is is kind of difficult a lot of the other people i've heard people mention whether it be david Starr, whether it be um whether it be volta thinking uh, i mean how do you define it so everyone's open to their interpretation on it (laughs) um there are just loads of them and it's great to have them around yeah, it's whether we're going to be able to consider Zack Sabre Jr. Uh, a yeah. full-time indie guy going forward. It looks like he's going to be doing New Japan pretty much full-time. I wonder yeah. what that would affect that lab on his uh, Rev Pro duties, but the fact that he's just, the other news item, dropped the belt to Tomohiro Ishii on a show that yeah. uh, I don't believe hit the VOD yet from Rev Pro. Um, no. Yeah, I think we might have, uh, we've had a, a great run of seeing Zack Sabre live and seeing all his great matches, but I think he, mm. it's looking like he's going to become pretty much exclusively a, a New Japan guy, but let's hope he get some um spotty uh in the appearances um still well the way they've built him mm. over the last couple of weeks has been unbelievable and the year he's had in general um i could still see him doing rev pro because of the connection mm. between them and i hope that's the case um i was saying yesterday that I'd, I'd love to see i'm really looking forward to seeing this on the vod and looking forward to Ishii getting a run as as Ref Pro champion. Mm. It would give his matches and you, because they will have him coming out with the belt. It'll mean that his matches in um in New Japan will feel bigger mm. um in terms of when they're actually in Japan. So uh, you know, best of luck to him. It's the it's a great fit for how they book how they're willing to book him and for how he works Definitely. and what the different things that he adds. So um and frankly not being an evolve uh, he'll be all right he'll survive <laughs> indeed well we'll get to evolve uh, we're going to go through today we're going to go through the probably going to spend the majority of the podcast talking about spring break because it was just there's so much to talk about with spring break we all will also cover evolve we'll cover the wn super show and jp you managed to fit in impact versus lucha underground today so you can uh, yes. fill us in on the on the big events from that <laughs> but let's get into the the big show then yep. uh, joey janela's spring break two if a meme was a wrestling show, that's exactly what this thing is. Um, the, I, I was glad, I mean, as much as I'm moaning about uh, staying up all night, it was worth it. The, the buzz, even just online, just for this thing, being able to watch it live, the place was packed. Um, he's yeah. a marketing genius, as Joey Donella. The intro video with the Nitro 3 th- uh, theme, and then he, it was like an older version yep. of Joey Janela, basically a knockoff on the on the wrestler trailer. Uh, I believe you can watch the full video on Janela's Twitter. Just brilliant stuff. Uh, references to Leo Rush in there. Nice little photo <laughs> of Janela and Triple H. Um, this future Janela was uh, was looking at. Just brilliant stuff. Just awesome scene setting. Um, and just what a setup the idea for for this show absolutely it was it was phenomenal loved that video and it and 
also all of the trailers and we mentioned this yesterday all the trailers and the build-up as well they were all good in in their own way yeah so i mean like you say i've after yesterday i made sure to watch the documentary on him Mm. the one that kenny johnson had done that's right kenny johnson on youtube he's done a few with yeah one with david Starr that's really good um i definitely recommend his work look that up on on youtube yeah and, and having watched that you kind of think okay this guy like and we'll talk about it as well in the ring I, I, I don't know but yeah his mind for mm. what works is phenomenal um i think i, I saw around furious wrote um that next year he should be doing this in the fifteen thousand seat <laughs> arena to be doing it in the barclay center if, yeah it did feel like the hot ticket though didn't it i've spoken it to did. uh martin bushby and I've spoke, uh, our good friend joe does on all the yep. podcasts with us they were heading out to this one i heard, heard stories about them at three in the morning um trying to race back to the hotel and uh, running red lights and all kinds i'm looking forward to hearing uh full road stories from them too because <laughs> yeah. as late as it was for us it felt late for the people in the building as well it was uh, yes. a midnight show i heard there was a rumor that they ran out of beer at one point as well which is a, a disaster for a show like this but <laughs> what an atmosphere it was just absolutely incredible uh the fans were yep. well up for it uh we'll go through uh the highlights of the show i mean they, they opened up with the this big it wasn't the official cluster match but it was kind of the the high-flying cluster or, or six-man scramble mm-hmm. i didn't know all of the names of the people in this um going oh. in i didn't really recognize everybody uh tony deppin is a name i wasn't aware of KTB, obviously seen over the weekend, Gringo Loco, DJZ, Eli Everfly, who came across well, and of course, yep. the man himself, Teddy Hart. Um, <laughs> just, if you're going to do a show like this, uh, they've, pro- they've got the finger on the, on the pulse. The fans were ready. Everyone's already drunk because they've been drinking all day. Uh, a big, spotty mess of a match like this is exactly what you want, isn't it, JP? Absolutely. Um, it had one of the sort of proper holy shit moments of the night with the with the finish in this one that mm. eli everfly did with the double underhook um canadian destroyer which i <laughs> thought he'd top. kill you missed the important the bit there <laughs> sorry yeah off the top which i thought would kill tony deppen it's like jesus christ but um yeah I, I started watching this first thing this morning and it just woke me up yeah it was like that's how i felt in the middle of the night yeah it was kind of like it just got me it made me alert um just the utterly ridiculous spots yeah exactly yeah just absolutely wild spots going on and steady heart oh my God. just refu- refusing to catch people <laughs> yeah there was a couple of dives where he just kind of just walked the other way he was doing his best <laughs> massive scale impression um oh there's probably a more egregious example later on in the card that we'll talk about but yeah. god teddy hart was there to do his spots and they are you know genuinely impressive spots. he looked he looked almost emotional on the night he looked like he was going to cry at various points because of the he got a hero's response he's the perfect man to put in the, this on a on a joey janela show um Absolutely, he's yeah he's a meme before memes were memes in the uh, in the mid-2000s just this wild uh, Hart family member, Teddy Hart. Um, I mean, it was a shame there were, there were no cat spots in there, but he got some yeah. awesome stuff in, like springboard moonsaults into elbows and uh, all kinds of weird uh, stuff. He's just so talented, isn't he? And it's like, oh, he is. You know, Teddy Hart. He's a, he's he's clearly you know a bit of a, a I don't know a nut. Maybe that feels strong, but yeah. Um, oh. There are issues there, I would say, um, and we've all, you know, heard the stories over the years. But yeah, a perfect person to have in this match, and he was definitely a highlight for me. Absolutely, um, I enjoyed it. I'll talk about it in a bit, but he was also on the um, on the Impact versus uh, Lucha Underground card as well. 
And I just sit there smiling. And there's a part of me like reminisces of him just doing backflips off the cage in Ring of Honor. <laughs> it's just, yeah. I mean, he gets his stuff in. And then even like you mentioned the finish there, uh, being Eli Everfly yeah. uh, going over with his double underhook Canadian Destroyer off the top. But even after that, Teddy Hart's the other person in the ring shaking his hand and just refusing to leave like a bad smell, just making sure he gets that extra bit of spotlight on him. Um, he's just... <laughs> One of wrestling's characters. Um, did anybody else make a, make a big impression on you in this match? I thought uh, Gringo Loco was one who, despite yep. his, his frame, he was he was a great base for the other guys and just uh, hit some cool-looking stuff in there himself as well. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I thought overall, I mean, KTB, I'm not... Uh, yeah, He's got that look, hasn't he? He's got the Pitbull number one Gary Wolf <laughs> look. Um, but... Uh, I've liked what I've seen of DJZ this weekend as well. You mentioned Gringo Loco, and like, so he isn't someone who is built naturally like a um, an aerial artist, but um, he he was very good. And yeah, really enjoyed Eli Le- Eli Everfly. Um, yeah, so overall it was just like a really good wild start, which fun. yeah just set set the kind of right tone before we hit the kind of too much of the silliness <laughs> speaking of the silliness uh, that's oh, too, yes. uh james alworth and matt riddle i mean we talked at the start about the videos going into the show but that was one of my favorites with uh with yeah. matt riddle just being <laughs> just appalled that they'd put him against james ellsworth and ellsworth talking like he's this veteran who's beat aj styles three times and they don't think they did a really good job with this this was kind of it yeah. was interesting that uh, I was thinking going in, it was going to go six seconds, like um, L- um, like uh, the matches that that Riddles had with uh, Demarc and Trent Seven in the past. Uh, but no, he gave him more than that, uh, probably because he couldn't knee him in the face, which was a big spot in the match. Because well, Ellsworth hasn't got a chin, so what are you going to knee? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. And that was great. Um, that spot, it, it was uh, yeah. Look- it was kind Sorry, of like, we got a bit of comedy, didn't we? And then, it, yeah. although it wasn't quite six seconds, it was quite a definitive win for for Riddle with his bro mission, and that's exactly what it should have been. Exactly, yeah. It was it was just booked perfectly for what it was, um, and Riddle Riddle was clearly having really good fun mm. as well. Um, and yeah, it, it it wasn't a case where Ellsworth was given too much, but at the same time, he was given more than enough. Definitely. To, to, uh, and and the crowd were happy <laughs> and isn't that the main thing they were and we carried on from there with the one of the strangest segments oh. i've ever seen in wrestling with virgil coming out this is the this is the point where uh the list of potential sex offenders i was kind of marking off on my notepad was getting high uh some, <laughs> virgil's just the he just comes across across as such a creep um it was almost like i, I mean i wouldn't be surprised if we hear a story that joey janela just said to virgil oh, yeah just go out there cut a promo do what you want and uh, just because he thought yep. it'd be hilarious and virgil just kind of cut a promo and similar to teddy hart stuck around in the ring like a like a bad smell until the the announcers kind of just that's a kind of say to him mate can you can you kind of leave can you this is over here this was just weird wasn't it it was weird and because the mics uh, have basically been pretty shit that's a big point uh, yeah yeah you couldn't hear a word he was saying couldn't hear a word he was saying i, I could hear the commentators they were doing the rotating commentators for the night mm. um which in the clusterfuck match was was fascinating <laughs> um but uh yeah it was it was just comp- i I just thought it was Joey Janela fucking with people. Mm. As I say fucking with people. Just doing stuff like that. Yeah. Because you're gonna you're going there to see that. <laughs> so again, Virgil kind of fits perfectly. 
Yeah, definitely. He definitely fits this uh, this meme heavy show. Um, yeah, he was kind of threatening Joey Janela, so I don't know if we're going towards a match, but uh, I guess we'll see. At least that's what I gather. Because yeah, you mentioned yeah. like, the microphones throughout the night. There was a lot of talk on the show. And I thought oh. it was bad on the VOD, but again, speaking to people who were in the building, they were saying you couldn't really make out what people were saying either. It's oh. just, yeah, WWM maybe need to invest a little bit in uh, in a couple of microphones and maybe a few other things as well. Uh, yep. Uh, next up then, we had what I would oh. say was the, the match of the evening, uh, PCO yeah. and Walter. I was a bit sad the PCO didn't come out with a, with an eye patch on, being full on a Jean-Pierre Lafitte. Um, yep. But my God, I mean, this isn't, you know, the, the, Joey Janela putting together weird cards. This isn't something that would have been on my radar as a combo to put together. But once they were in the ring, both of them stood there with the the same haircut, with PCO looking like a just a bit slightly older, maybe slightly shorter version of Walter. It became immediately apparent why uh, Joey Janela put these two men together because it just it created just absolute magic, didn't it? It was phenomenal. It was absolutely phenomenal. Um, I. It was weird because uh, the way Walter started off with giving him the um, the chance to leave, say, the chance to leave. Yeah, you can you can leave now, um, and he doesn't. And just seeing about how long he's had away, has it been like one match in something like nine years or something like that? Oh wow, I wasn't aware of that. It's something wild uh, like that about the amount of time he's had off, and he ain't missed a fucking beat. <laughs> Like, get him in! Get him in now! It was genuinely making me emotional how much he was into it. I mean, yeah. I mean, Walter's someone who's had three or four matches a day, it feels like, over the, over this weekend. But yeah, PCO came in, trying to hit moonsaults off the top to the outside, where we mentioned Teddy yeah. Hart earlier, Walter, and the ref did a very bad job of catching him there, because he went splat on the yes. floor. I mean, I thought he was, he was dead at that point. He came up with a bloodied nose. He already had a battered chest from, from Walter, which a lot of wrestlers uh, seem to be getting this weekend but fucking yeah. hell he got straight up and got powerbombed through a table so if, if you had any doubt that, that this veteran who yeah maybe hasn't wrestled much in recent years wasn't going to be up for it he was well up for this he was absolutely he was just working his ass off and it seemed like the crowd were incredulous at what they were seeing mm. that there just wasn't this expectation that they were going to have this this type of a match that it was going to be it was going to be this good and people were going to be this invested <laughs> into it, it was, and, and i was as well yeah i was just I had like my head in my hand. <laughs> and this is not live, I was just watching like... it after after the fact as well. Oh. Yeah, just you know, God, the Rana, the split legged moonsault. From PCO. Fucking Yeah. I mean, just yeah, yeah. It was kind of like it, it was the same on Twitter live at the time and you could feel it in the building. PCO just became this ultimate just every man that everyone seen was kind of the, the underdog in the match being the older of the two. And people just got yeah, so yeah. beat when he started no selling Walter's chops and was coming back and like you said, hit those ridiculous move, hit a, a suicide dive and then a tope con over the top just and then yeah, the split leg of moonsault, just ridiculous. Um and it just there was a moment in the match where there was a bit of a lull in the action and all of the crowd just started up, stood up and clapping. I felt like doing it in my living room as well. It was just, it, it, I don't know whether I was just, yeah, sleep deprived or what, but I was feeling like I had a bit of a, a tear in me out here for old uh, Jean-Pierre Lafitte. Oh, absolutely. There, there are times I can remember sitting, I think the last time I saw him is he came into TNA mm. wearing a mask. Because I remember him doing some senton bomb off the top through a table to the floor. Cannonball, and he was really I'll have you know, JP. Cannonball, apologies, <laughs> cannonball. And that was great. But he was like, he did a couple of shots and gone. 
and then obviously Jean-Pierre Lafitte, <laughs> and then in the, in, and then in the Quebecers. And he's just—he's really good. Yeah, yeah. I wonder. He, I mean, if do you think if you took yeah. this atmosphere away, is the is the mileage in a PCO big indie run? Could you see him uh, doing more stuff like this? I'd. It's. It would appear to me that he's not fussed about working too often. Hmm. So as a real special attraction on certain weekends, it'd be great. Like let's say get him into WXW. Mm. For like six, for like not maybe doing the sixteen carat tournament, getting him in maybe. Oh, you could do. Why not get him in for a weekend? Yeah, because it would be. I, I'd happily watch a rematch of this. It was, it was tremendous. It was great, and like you say, the, I'd love to see a rematch. And the respect at the end was just awesome as well. It's just uh, you think they're going to shake hands or hug, and yeah. Walter chops PCO, PCO <laughs> chops him back, and then they shake. It was the most shake hands. It was like the most manly kind of nod of respect I've ever seen. That's what I'm going to start doing <laughs> to uh, to my friends uh, at the end of Big Nights Out or something. It's just just, exactly. just just the best way to to show that you you respect another man, chop him and chop him back. Um, just <laughs> awesome. Like you say, he went over with his big kind of more move and yeah i think he made a lot of uh, new fans in that building that night yep Definitely. absolutely <laughs> next then uh hard to follow um so i think this was this would i was thinking myself at the time this has got to be a hard card to put together because the crowd started very hot and it's hard to kind of keep that momentum going especially after a big match like pco and walter but coming up next nick gage and penta l0m to mm. In very different ways, very charismatic wrestlers, both men who've got like a, a silent aura about them. Um, I think they managed to, to keep the crowd into it. Um, we had a, it was a decent match. It maybe wasn't uh, near up to the level of the one that came before it, but it was different in itself. They used a lot of weapons, a lot of doors. Uh, what did you make of, of this one, JP, or what do you make of the, the two men? Uh, all right. I like Penta L0M. I think he needs possibly like a home, like kind of a home base for him to be, because he's, I'm understanding he's not going to be in Lucha Underground. Mm. So it's like where, where he goes next. Um, and he's feels like a kind of really, really fun attraction. Mm. I'm not a Nick Gage fan. <laughs> I'm not. His, his promos are incredible because it's just all you can hear him is him just going fucking motherfucker and trying off to fight people in the parking lot yeah exactly don't do that i could happily say this from the uk because i don't think he's going to get a work permit to to <laughs> come over to, to wrestle here anytime soon to even so, get in the country mate i think that'll be a different uh, uh, proposition i don't think so <laughs> i'd like to see him try um but yeah it was it there was a load of spots being set up that just took kind of ages hmm. and um and a theme of tables that don't quite break or don't break correctly in, in, in this one um yeah i wasn't really uh a fan of it necessarily but it was fine for what it was hmm. it was just sort of violent bit nasty um they like you say they each have the, their own unique charisma um but yeah, I I can't get into Nick Gage matches. I think I think that's fundamentally it. Fair enough. I mean, I, I I'd probably say I'm a higher man on him than you. I think. Yeah, you're right. Mm. It, it reminds me of you know Necro Butcher, where I think Necro Butcher was much more capable in ring, despite yes. having his own uh, shortcomings as well. But he's got a similar vibe to that, where you put him in with the right guy, 
and you get the right amount of violence. I mean, there was lots of spot, like I said, lots of spots through doors um, in this match, and lots of ridiculous stuff. Uh, I thought that the for a man who's very very threatening, his finish is odd. He kind of he power bombed Pentagon through a table or through one of the doors, and then a choke breaker is his finish um onto the onto the knee just a little bit odd um but maybe he's just got in his head that's my finish and no one's gonna tell him any better um and who would even try (laughs) i think you buy it with nick gage as well though because it genuinely did look like there were fans in that crowd who who wanted to go and have a fight with him yeah i watch the documentary about him and yeah it could be (laughs) him doing this ultimate work but he doesn't appear like a man that Prison has been a particularly re- rehabilitative process for him. <laughs> Very true. He just come out with a terrible attitude. <laughs> he's he's definitely a problematic man. I mean, in an era where we, uh, I suppose he's paid his debt to society. But yeah, uh, it is a bit strange that we all do uh, seem to forgive Nick Gage a little bit more than we uh, we do other fans. But that's another subject for uh, uh, another yeah. podcast. Um, up next, then we had uh, David Starr and Mike Quackenbush. This was. Oh. Kind of David Starr's dream match, and this was the the proper wrestling uh, match of the night. We had Walter on commentary, who was just buried David Starr. Yeah. Um, I didn't mind that, but there was a point where David Starr was doing his intro and he was talking on the mic, and they were just the two commentators were talking over him. It was a yes. nice of there were strong moments of the commentary and very funny moments, but there were a lot of weird moments like this where it was just like, guys, just just chill out for a few seconds. Um, what did you make of this as a match? It felt like a bit of a cool-down moment, um, but still really strong. Quackenbush's lucha technical style is something else. Is is that something you've been into uh, in the past? Are you you're a Quackenbush fan? I'm not necessarily a massive Quackenbush fan. I've seen some stuff. I've never found myself really getting invested in Chikara in particular. Um, but this was really, this was really good, particularly because of that, that promo mm. that they had for the match, just setting it up as this being Quackenbush hasn't got m- many matches left. So therefore him taking the time out to have a match with me, it feel, you know, there was like a real emotion on Star's side. Mm. And, and that came out, it obviously came out after the match as well um and there was uh it, it was nice because you had kind of quackenbush being able to kind of get out of any any possible scenario scenario um just because he is so well versed mm. in a lot of the work that he does um and then you've got star kind of getting like the phrase i saw someone use is becoming a dick without realizing he's becoming a dick <laughs> if that makes any sense. Um, so I, I enjoyed it. I get, partly it was a change of pace. So even though it was a cool down moment, and that's important because there wasn't an interval during the show, mm. um, it was it was important at, at that point to kind of have that match and allow the crowd to settle. Yeah. No, I think that's fair. I mean, I, I'm not a huge Quackenbush fan. You hear all kinds of stories from coming out of Shikara as well, which soured me on a little bit on him a little bit as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you're right. I think Star did kind of lean in a little bit to that heel side mm. of his personality, that that side of his personality that can cause him trouble on Twitter in real life as well. Um, but yeah, he's I, right about the merch stuff. <laughs> I'm with him on that one. I've got to be honest. Yeah, I did see that tweet and think I don't see the problem here. Um, 
but clearly uh, there was a big problem and he probably maybe should have known better than to, to kick off about it but yeah I, I like David Starr um, I'm a fan of him mm. um, not seen enough of him this weekend to be honest I was thinking that when he came out uh, mm. I guess he's been hiding out at the WrestleCon shows that we haven't seen a, a lot of uh, coming out yet on VOD um, but yeah Quackenbush yep. is just He's someone who I'd like to see in person as well. I know he did some Fight Club Pro slash Chikara shows over here. Um, he's someone who kind of... The spots that he does, they're unlike anybody else. Like, there was a spot in this match where he had an abdominal stretch on Star, and Star kind of launched him over, like, hip-toss style, and Quack rolled through it, then backwards rolled, and then it was like watching the tape on reverse while yeah! right back into the same position doing it. It's just lovely stuff like this. And I know like you said, it's a, the match was a, a change of pace, wasn't it? And something uh, a little bit different. And I, I, it was a good match, but I think it might get lost in the conversation when we all talk about the show uh, going forward. Yeah. I'm not so sure how much we're going to remember this match, uh, whether that's unfortunate or not. Yeah, it's the least gifable moment, though. Mm, definitely, yeah. Uh, up next, then, we had the Spring Break Clusterfuck. Um, this was long. I mean, this was the point where I was flagging a little bit. I loved it. There was a lot of fun moments in it. Uh, I think it went about 45 minutes all in all. Um, this was a long show and this was a big part of why it was so long. Uh, I thought the commentary was very, very funny on this one. Um, just really. They had the stand up comedian. uh, Is it Ronald Funches? Yeah, he was very funny. He was high as fuck and, um, oh yeah. They kept on the one of the other blokes was proper hammered. Yeah, like he kept on saying about John how Thorne drunk was it? he was. Yeah, is it uh, John Thorne from AIW? Yeah, hey. yeah. He was drunk and, and Funches was was high, and they and there was points in the match where people were coming out and they were just going, "Yeah, I don't know who that is." <laughs> it's just like Dolph Ziggler. Dolph Ziggler. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, it's hard to, to pass highlights from this one. Uh, there were a lot of surprise appearances from Hornswoggle to Grado to Kikataro. Um, any highlights from this one for you, JP? Uh, um, I did enjoy the Invisible Man spots. Oh, God, yeah. I won't lie. They, they, they were really good, really good fun. Mm. Um, uh, Orange Cassidy. <laughs> like <laughs> Taking the entire the... match to get to the ring. <laughs> it was, yeah. He got in at the end. He came out at number three, was it? <laughs> and he just sort of took ages and did and did his unique spots which again were perfect for it um my overall thoughts on the whole thing is it's called a clusterfuck you're expecting a clusterfuck yeah there is shit that's incredibly messy and silly and daft and the commentary is a clusterfuck but that's <laughs> but that's what it is it's fitting that genre yeah it's it you know it's like watching a i don't know um how high and wondering why it's not like the phantom thread <laughs> it's just like no this is the genre of it it's it's Look. meant to be daft um i like i thought it was t- i thought it was too long hmm. i don't know how many people came in in the end i don't think they I knew th- either it was just even the commentary were like i feel like there's been five minutes between it, uh, people coming in and then someone else would come out and then the next one would come out 10 seconds later it was just it was almost like joey janela was probably stood behind the, the curtain going okay now yeah someone else go out uh, yeah, it was hurt a little bit by that pacing. Uh, but I, I did enjoy it though. I thought, I mean, oh, Alabama Doink was a, was a highlight. Uh, yes. I enjoyed the commentary on that one where one of them said, though, what's the difference between Doink and, uh, an Alabama drunk? And Funches was like, yeah, Alabama Doink sleeps with his cousin. Uh, just perfect. Great, <laughs> great deadpan timing. Um, and then, and then him throwing himself up when he, throwing himself out, out sorry. Rather than yeah. fight down the B7, which makes sense. Yeah. 
and then they had and then they played off the dickinson stuff which made me wonder was were you I right i was gonna yesterday? ask about that yeah because yeah, yeah. we had the conversation didn't we yesterday about whether it was a work that the the fuck the referee fucking up the finish of the uh dickinson and dan seven match and then brawling afterwards we got a bit more of it here didn't we with the the story being paid off um, yeah <laughs> so i suppose there's a maybe there's some something to that or maybe they just thought last minute oh that's a good idea let's uh let's yeah put them two against each other um i enjoyed seeing kikitaro in there i've i've been a fan of him for a long time he yep. did a few exchanges with gray though <laughs> I'd, I'd actually before the commentary even said it i'd seen stuff on twitter from uh from bourbon street and gray though had been out drunk all day and then he's in this man. You could see it in his face. He'd had a few beers. Um, <laughs> I- I'm guessing he wasn't the only one, so I don't want to signal about too much. But yeah, there was uh, nobody uh, took themselves too seriously here. No, no, they didn't. And um, and God bless him for it. I mean, it it, it shouldn't be like that. I, I did like the Kikataro spot when he was trying to walk the top rope, but just fell, <laughs> just fell onto the rope. <laughs> and then I think they tried to get referees in at one point. I mean, it was just like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah, everyone um, was there. I mean, I, I didn't. Uh, Martina Sessionmoth, what did you think of her? She didn't. I, don't, I feel like that's a that's a gimmick that I don't know whether it travels or not. The fans seem to be behind her, uh, but it just all seemed a bit awkward. Um, she had one of the yeah. Her and Nate Webb are probably tied for the longest entrances in this thing, uh, as well oh, as Orange Cassidy. Yeah, I will. I thought Nate Webb's entrance was was quite great coming out to Teenage Dirtbag. Oh, the entire song. It was like being back at an IWA Mid South show in two thousand six. <laughs> it really was. <laughs> um, it was it was great. Um, but Martina and I've, I said this yesterday. There's is there going to come a point when she's jumped the shark? I think we're getting like, close. I think it mm. could be the fact that, you know, we do a podcast like this a lot and we cover a lot of British wrestling. I think if you yeah. were seeing it in one promotion, if you, if you're an OTT fan and you were just seeing her there and you didn't really see her everywhere else. But yeah, I, I do think that there, there is a point where that gimmick, well, how, how far the mileage is. Yeah, exactly. Um, so she didn't make ne- too much of an impact. She was in at number two. Mm um doing some stuff with jimmy lloyd and she kind of uh, disappeared for a while before getting eliminated by Ethan page um yeah weird yeah they, they did they would, um one of the other moments the way jimmy lloyd got eliminated by doing a pile driver on the invisible man <laughs> perfect uh, <laughs> <And> then, <laughs> go ahead. sorry uh i was just gonna say it yeah, the pile driver on the invisible man and then someone from the new new orleans uh, sorry the louisiana state athletic commission came out oh. to get him out of the building for illegally using a pile driver <laughs> it looked like a genuine member of uh, the commission as well didn't it I think it he did was, he got it him in on the way polo top <laughs> uh yeah it was late we're, we're at what like four in the morning three four in the morning at this point yep. whether the uh, the commission had all gone home at some point but yeah that was great and yeah like you say the invisible man was a uh, was the big winner here as well um yep just when mjf had thought he'd won we'd had a, a mikey whitwreck uh, appearance as well uh mjf being the uh, the mega heel who'd they, they'd done some videos earlier on the night hadn't they with him trying to get into the building and not being allowed uh got pinned by the invisible man wacky but what else would you expect in a match like this of course yeah. the invisible man won the clusterfuck exactly <laughs> Uh, good stuff. So this was the point where, yeah, uh, we ended up at our main event, Joey Janela and the Great Sasuke. I can't say that I, I've seen a lot uh, of Sasuke. I I was su- surprised that, I mean, I, I probably shouldn't have been because I know people on Twitter were saying, oh, if, if you've not seen him in years, this is what he's like. And he's just an absolute 
nutter. Um, so I, it oh. made sense. I mean, the, again, the videos building up this were absolutely brilliant. It's Joey Janela building up the fact it's a dream of, of his to, to wrestle him. I was big up for this despite the late hour, but then Joey Janela came out. He punched Frank the Clown in the face, and like magic, the feed died. Uh, literally, yes. he was leading over the barricade to punch Frank the Clown, which is a great spot in itself. And my my uh, feed froze, and I thought that's the per- if that was where the show stopped and we didn't have any more footage, <laughs> that's the perfect way to end it with Frank the Clown on his ass. Yep, yeah, <laughs> exact. Um, so I watched this obviously on the um the replay mm. uh, today, and it just sort of cuts out the entrance. Oh, does it? And goes. It does. Yeah, the entire end. I didn't. I haven't seen. Like so, it hits. So he punches Frank the Clown, mm. and then it just cuts to them in the ring getting started. Mm. Oh wow! Between him, so you miss the Janella, like the rest of the Janella entrance. Mm. Um, well, it's a really. Much... He's got a real aura about him. He's mm. got. He does have a real aura about him. And, and I'd like to say, having seen the video as well, to familiarise myself with him before before the show, that was that was really good. And then, um, yeah, so I didn't see the Sasuke entrance. Uh, it, it wasn't a great match. There was stuff in it that made me physically wince. <laughs> Sasuke um, uh, diving head first into the, kind of doing a senton and landing on the ladder after Janela moved and coming back up with the ladder wrapped around yeah. his head. Just, an he tried to nutter. catch a lead, he tried to catch a ladder with his head. <laughs> like pick it up off the floor. <laughs> it's on the floor. I'm going to pick up this, ladder. I'm going to do it with my head. Yeah. I'm going to jump into it. It was, and you could hear him just scream, Oh my God. Yeah. As well. And yeah. I was just like, this is fucking upsetting. Um, <laughs> just, I mean, the, this was, where, like I say, the stream was, was fading in and out. Um, and I do think that, uh, the crowd, it being so late at this point, you got the feeling like a lot of people just wanted to go home and they weren't, yeah. ready, they weren't ready for, I mean, this epic. I mean, I almost think like you could reverse the structure of this show and start with this, um, or have it nearer the start of the show. Cause I think a lot of people were looking forward to this, but by the yeah. time it came, the, I, I was seeing pictures online of people asleep in the crowd and uh, not many people were leaving, which is fair, but it yeah. kind of hurt the reactions. I, I think a little bit as much as Sasuke was pulling chairs and doors and doing all kinds of ridiculous stuff. I mean, oh, <laughs> there was a point where all he wanted this... to sent on off the top with a with a barrel on his head, and he was trying so hard to get that barrel oh, bit, over his yeah. Yeah, get the bin over his head, and he just gave up and threw it threw it away at Janela. Just he was trying so hard to get the crowd into this, and and Janela yeah. was doing his part as well. It just it came so so late in a, in a long day for a lot of people. It did, and you could see it, especially for the post-match stuff, where it was just empty. Mm. Like, everyone had just flooded out of there to get back, <laughs> uh, to, to, to rush back. Um, there were a couple of the really things that I just felt awful about, one of which was the Joey Janela um, taking a, a power bomb onto the... You know, when you, when you pull the seats out oh, to the God, top yeah. of the chairs... And I was just like screaming mm. at that point, going, "Ah, oh, God, that's awful!" Um, he's got no filter, you know, or has he? He's just doesn't. He's going to do this stuff to get himself over. Uh, he can't the, help it. The the sentons where Sasuke just lands on his head mm. to the table, which barely breaks on the outside. <laughs> like absolutely wild. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um... After all that, the, the big finish was Janela uh, stomping a chair basically right through Sasuke. Um, yeah. and again, yeah, oh, it was a, 
a battle of a match. Um, I think, uh, again, I think it, it came on late, but still fun stuff and an incredible show. I mean, I yes. passed out pretty much straight after this. Uh, I didn't get to see the video of, uh, for him and, uh, of Janela and Sasuke doing some Bon Jovi on karaoke, was it? Uh, oh, it's my life. Sasuke was more <laughs> or less singing along with the entire time. Just perfect. Just what, what a way to end a show like this. And it felt like the hottest ticket in town. This felt like, I think they do this again next year. The attendance is going to be even higher. Um, cause as much do as you do it Hammerstein and <laughs> will it stay open late enough for it? That's a problem isn't it i was surprised actually yeah that, that there's a building that was letting them run this late i know over here in our country fight club pro at starworks uh, gets a run quite late but this was something else you were running into the next day pretty much by the end of this weren't you uh, i don't oh, know yeah. what the, the the rules will be in new york no no i'd be interested to find out and see what other kind of buildings are there because this is the kind of stuff that could do could do three thousand mm. like it, it could easily do I say could easily do 3,000, but could do 3,000 mm. with a bit of a buzz, a bit more. Um, there'll be that bit of a buzz coming from this match um, and just the word of mouth It is going to become one of those um, must need tickets. Yeah, this is the party, isn't it, of the weekend? This is it is. And if you're not going to make get yourself to a Wale Mania or whatever, this is the, you know, late night. Let you let your hair Papa down Hayes kind of dress at ringside. <laughs> brilliant yeah yeah i enjoyed that as well um but yeah absolutely awesome stuff and yeah definitely i, I mean i i love blood sport i thought that was great but gcw man that they are that the absolute highlight the big winners of wrestlemania weekend so far yeah i just want next year i mentioned that on twitter of all uh I, we we're gonna get into the evolving WN shows in a little bit, but I think I'd much prefer to see GCW just do more gimmick shows. Um, just, I, I was saying on Twitter, you know, maybe a karate challenge with uh, Mike Bailey would be good, or knife uh, fights yeah. with Nick Gage. I'd enjoy that too. You could do something with Teddy Hart and the Cats also. Oh God, yeah, yeah, <laughs> a Teddy Hart curated GCW show that'd be <laughs> awesome. It could possibly get very illegal. But yeah, why not? Favorite, why not? Speaking it, of illegal, my favourite one that somebody tweeted me a suggestion was Brutus Beefcake's half a gram challenge. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you could do all kinds of stuff, but there's plenty of uh, wrestlers you could probably do something with that. Oh yeah. <laughs> Awesome. So yeah, GCW definitely uh, a highlight of the weekend. And yeah, if you you listen to these podcasts for recommendations, I can't. I mean, I think I'll probably point out PCO Walter as the match to to go out and uh, and yeah. watch. Uh, but just the the overall feeling of the show, you've got to kind of uh, as a whole, it's just a, a really uh, enjoyable ride. So yeah, definitely uh, check that one out. Right, well, let's get into the highlights of the other action then from day two. Uh, JP, we watched a, a couple of the shows uh, also. Uh, the WWN Super Show feels like a, a good place to start. Mercury Horizon 2018. Um, I don't know what makes a WWN Super Show so different from an Evolve show at this point. Um, yeah. I know they invite in the, the Shimmer stuff and, uh, sorry, Shine, and you get a, uh, maybe a, a flavour of what's across the WWN network, but really all it feels like is just a, an extra uh, Evolve show. Uh, we won't go through it match by match, but we'll uh, certainly p- pick out some highlights, and there's no better place to start, JP, than Will Ospreay and Matt Riddle, my personal favourite progress match of all time um, yep. maybe not best but certainly favourite that sprint that uh, him and Matt Riddle had in 2016 um, so I was really looking forward to this one and uh, I definitely feel like uh, they delivered and, and continued on this story of uh, Will Ospreay and his, uh, his poor neck as we were talking about from day one did um, he set up a he set up a really interesting kind of 
dichotomy mm. in what's going on in that you don't want him to hurt his neck, but the natural story for all of his matches is that his neck is hurt mm. and his opponents would be foolish not to go after it. Mm. Um, so a lot of this, there were points in it, particularly when he took the, um, the German onto the... That's exactly what I was about to say. Yeah, the German... Yeah. The, that was kind of the point On... where I was like, I think we're getting work there, JP. I think uh, yeah. he's doing a Tanahashi where Tanahashi for a year will walk, walk around like his, for example, his shoulders dropping off or his elbows going to fall off and then it comes to it comes to the, the matches and he's selling it and it becomes part of the story. I don't know. With yep. Osprey, I think, I think, I think for the most part, I think he's having his on here and I think he's done yes. a really good job of building up throughout the weekend to this point where you've seen him maybe take it a touch easier but you know what he's like he doesn't take it too easy um till this felt like the the zenith this him and and former ufc fighter matt riddle this is the match where it all kind of came to a head with riddle working over osprey and osprey being just an unbelievable underdog but yeah it, it's certainly yeah that german on, on the on the apron did uh make me a bit suspicious yep did um it was. I, it just felt like a big time main event, mm. and you know we were talking about King of the Indies earlier on, and and you've got um, these two guys as as the epitome of of those of those independent spirits, if mm. nothing else. Um, and there was just some great drama in this match, mm. and some of the kickouts. I think when um, Osprey kicked out at one, um, I'm trying to think after which, which move it was, like late on in the match. And he kicks out a one, and I thought that was absolutely fun. Uh, that was after was running after knee, running knee when uh, Riddle, uh, Riddle was kind of run, did his running knee while Osprey was seated. And I remember thinking at the time it didn't get a huge reaction from the crowd, but I think that's a, a good, uh, I, good way of showing how good a worker Osprey is because that's yeah. the time to do the one count pop because the crowd went so into the spot, but when he kicks out at one. That's when the people really, really got behind Osprey and where the match kind of went up a notch absolutely it was great it was very different from the sprint we saw which i think was the first time we saw riddle live mm. um for for progress um but these two have the potential for having such a good multi-layered feud between them across several promotions mm. quite which promotions these happen in is is up for negotiation um there was a really i, I like the spot towards the end i'm not normally a fan of it because it can feel a bit hokey but when um riddle was on osprey's back and then he jumped off the top rope and then oh. all the referees streamed in yeah so riddle was kind of trying to get the choke they go to the top and take the big fall osprey takes the worst of it i wasn't yeah. so sure on it though because it kind of they had loads of refs come out to make it look like a shoot like they, they were trying to make sure that you know osprey hadn't done real damage to his neck they shouldn't have been dressed as refs yeah that would have made it more convincing that hurts and then the fact that they're telling matt riddle to get in the corner get in the corner stay your distance and it's like i mean everyone knows matt riddle is not <laughs> if this was a shoot he's not going to be wanting to go and take off uh osprey's head still is he um i feel yeah. like they could have played that a little bit better but it did i mean it added to the drama and you can't argue because the crowd claim unglued um for the closing stretches after that at a level absolutely that hasn't happened on the wwn shows over the weekend yeah uh i mean this is it's quite strange between that and the the pco walter match mm. um these have been the two that i've been most emotionally invested in yeah and the story of osprey's weekend is 
it really gets you emotionally invested. And I don't want to go into spoilers for other shows that we haven't had a chance to review yet. So uh, Rev Pro and Progress, but there was a nice story that they've done in one of those involving Will Ospreay. That's all I'll say on the matter. Um, uh, the Ospreay's weekend in and of itself and his survival through it mm. and how he gets through it. and Risking how he's his still... life to entertain us. Yeah, exactly. It's it's incredible. Yeah. Um, yeah, and God bless. <laughs> uh, you know, he needs a break after this. If he can get a break at some stage, I, th- I mean, I think that would make it... He's earned it. You'd like to think he's made a few quid this weekend. And it's, <laughs> I, that was the other thing I was thinking as well. How many shows has Riddle worked mm. by yeah. this the amount of times I've seen him do his entrance and fist bumping every single cra- fan in the front row at this point. <laughs> oh, I think. Yeah. It doesn't get old, though. He's just so lovable, isn't he, Matt Riddle? Uh, he's just great. Uh, I, I mean, I, I, went, I walked out of this match, and my my big takeaway was that Osprey, I don't think even his biggest hit, well, his biggest haters will probably still say so, but I still, th- I genuinely think he's one of the top five in the world. Uh, yeah. He can go full speed, and there were moments in this match where he hit that next level, and it was awesome, but he can also sell, as he did here, and convince even Jay did smarks like me and you that uh, yeah. maybe it's a bit more serious than than it even really is um and riddle as well he's close to being one of the best in the world um yeah. just yeah these two uh, again like you said i'd love to see a series i don't know where but it'd, it'd be awesome to see absolutely definitely so yeah the finish of the match was uh was riddle getting the the bro mission eventually i like that early in the match when they've been teasing that they didn't have osprey spend too long in it with his bad neck he was kind of forcing uh riddle's uh hands across so, but eventually yeah after going for the oscar did get caught by a perfect finish and just a great way for uh for matt riddle's uh new title run to uh to go forward a must-see match uh, elsewhere on that WWN show then there was a, a couple of highlights uh, we'll go through um, I don't know about you D- Daisuke Sekimoto and Keith Lee um, yes that was awesome couple of we've, we've had a few of it I feel like I've said had the same take on several matches this weekend two big lads running into each other doing shoulder blocks and beating the shit out of each other just with the added element of of Lee's agility hitting crazy ranas and, and things of that nature as well Um we were we were a bit sad that we uh, we didn't get to see these two uh, wrestle in real life, but this made uh, made up for it a little bit. Oh, it did. Uh, really enjoyed it. It was um, it was fantastic. It, it feels like this is the big Keith Lee farewell this weekend it does, as well. It really does. Yeah, and he's you know he's he's lost the Evol- uh, the WWN title uh, at Evolve earlier on in the night. Mm. Um, he he lost. This one uh, as well after the um, straightjacket German from from Daisuke Sakamoto. Uh, I wish I'd been at the Resistance Gallery. I'm stunned they could fit in the Resistance Gallery. Um, but this like more than made up for it. And Sakamoto is someone I want to see more of. And like you said before, there was just that added element of Lee's athleticism yeah. uh, thrown in thrown into the mix as well. But um, and Sakamoto, even though he's not the tallest guy, is such a great base for that. If you know, being a base for Keith Lee is is that's, <laughs> that's a hard thing to do. So something about how thick the man is, doesn't it? Oh yeah, <laughs> absolutely, really thick. Um, and then there was this weird stuff setting up the match for style battle with At least the with my, <laughs> my favourite Nick Gage. 
<laughs> style battles, though. It's been lost in the in the weekend, hasn't it? That one because it's taking place at the same time tonight as NXT and Ring of Honor. Yeah. I mean, beyond barely got anybody in the building. I can't see who's going out the way to watch it. No. Oh, there they go. It's selling it. You're not. Uh, you're not compelled by uh, by your favorite wrestler Nick Gage and Keith Lee having a one on one match. I'm not. Well, if Keith Lee responds to Gage's remark of "You're a fucking pussy." <laughs> to, to Keith Lee which is one of the more legible lines he came out with um, if it meant that Keith Lee was just going to go all in and just beat the ever-loving shit out of Nick, Nick Gage I might watch it on replay <laughs> but, I, but I, I certainly will not be watching it live I haven't ordered it and that's with an abundance of fight bucks Fair enough. Um, I, I'm going to see how I feel, I think. I'll, I'll see how it's going on, on Sunday. How bored I am before WrestleMania. Uh, <laughs> if, it, if it's a choose between the kickoff show and style battle, I'm not quite sure who wins. Um, although it does sound like there's going to be a, a lot of matches in that, uh, that kickoff show. Um, any other highlights from the night then? I thought uh, Zack Sabre Jr. and um, Minamiri yep. Sawa was a really, if you're into that style, the kind of technical uh style you're gonna you're gonna love it um if it's not for you um and you're not into sour's <laughs> previous stuff maybe not but if zach saber's on his way out of evolve slash wwn this is a, a good way to go out absolutely um i really enjoyed it and again probably because it was and it was a nice change of pace and mm. and did feel very different from everything else on the show uh one correction we need to make one of the things the commentator has been banging on about is the fact that sour has come out of retirement for this particular weekend and that apparently is not the truth mm. um yeah yeah i went on to cage match and and had a look he, he actually wrestled a couple of weeks ago <laughs> in uh in for ddt in a loser anal explosion weapon rumble five way the, the commentators do keep saying pretty much came out of retirement so i guess that's where the uh oh, okay. the pretty much uh comes from uh but yeah the, he also no wrestled several that. times in 2017 as well <laughs> and 2016 pretty much though uh, pretty, pretty much, much. kind of that's <laughs> funny isn't it yeah, they're trying to uh, get one over on everybody um yeah i think uh, as a match uh, i enjoyed it yeah. uh, and again we've seen a lot of zach saber jr this weekend but yep. yeah one of the the stronger matches if you're, you're into that style uh anything else sir jump out at you from uh from this wbn show uh, i thought ring camp and and catch points had a fun tag they did um they did have a fun tag uh timothy thatcher on the losing end again um then they uh they played up a lot of um Aftermatch shenanigans amongst Catchpoint, oh, which is what, uh, yeah, which is why this show weekend. felt so evolved. Uh, well. It's the the. They just the faction that won't die. It's so indie as well because nobody in that faction looks like they should be in the same faction as anybody else in it. You've got you know chubby guys in in geese, and you've got Tracy Williams, and you've got it just yeah, Chris, just Chris Dickinson, Dickinson yeah. yeah, just they, they all just look just look scruffy. It's very evolved. It's like dead crowds who have had a lot of wrestling that day and are probably spoiled for riches then making them sit sit through as good as stokely hathaway is these long talking angles it's always the low points of wrestlemania weekend even coming after a hot yeah. match which uh ring camp and cash point was yeah yeah it was um and it was good and and you know they they'd also set up um a future evolve match with um Oh, what is it? The the workhorseman. The, I, th I think that was appeared to be the direction they're going in. For those of you who are big Evolve fans, <laughs> I, I might be watching a couple of their shows, depending on if there's a time limit on these fight bucks. Sorry to bang <laughs> on about them. Um, 
but yeah, it was it was a good match. I, I got the impression as well, maybe in this, uh, Walter seemed a bit tired. Hmm. He'd been working a hell of a lot all weekend and doing commentary on um, Joey Janela's, as you do. <laughs> um, so, uh, as well as working that night. So I think, you know, over. I think at this point, you know, there was just a real sort of abundance of shows um, hmm. that, that he'd been on. So I thought he was fine, but it didn't, for me, have the real energy that I yeah. would have hoped for. It kind of just didn't get to that next level, did he? Um, no. Anything else from the show? No, that's pretty much it. Mm. Yeah, I think I'd agree with that. I think uh, a fun show, but... Yeah, it was happening for me. It was happening during the Hall of Fame as well. So I was kind of going back and forth. Um, if... Speaking of long shows, bloody hell, that Hall of Fame. Uh, oh. <laughs> no, the, 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 I really enjoyed Jeff Jarrett's speech. I pretty much enjoyed the Dudley speech a lot. Um, and Mark Henry gave a really emotional speech, but that thing went about five hours, I think. Um, and that was, that was, I was kind of tuning in and out for the, the speeches I was into, but yeah, there was, uh, there was some stuff. Hillbilly Jim. Uh, if you're gonna, if you're gonna go back and watch the VOD JP, honest to God, he's up there for about 50 minutes with a story that he keeps threatening to end and keep going. And finally, as if he's about to finish and then he tells another story and it's just, and no one cares either. It's, oh, bad stuff. Did anyone really care? I remember, I remember Hillbilly Jim as a kid, mm. and I don't remember giving a shit about him then. Just a <laughs> bloke with a smiling face. He's kind of, he's the guy, isn't he? I genuinely. You never wrestled? Thought, no, and I always thought that, you know, when they had the, the mid 90s, sorry, we've got a, a side swipe here on, on, on WWE Hall of Fame talk, but in the mid 90s, I, I genuinely thought he'd gone in the Hall of Fame then. And everyone, yeah. you see a lot of people on Twitter say it's like wrestling's Mandela effect. Uh, when everyone thought in the 80s there was a point where Nelson Mandela had died. That's that's kind of what we've got with uh, with Hillbilly Jim. But no, he was up there for an hour. Awful stuff. I don't know if you're going to uh, bother I, watching I, the Hall of Fame, JP. But uh... I I really doubt it. <laughs> I, I've never cared about it in the past. Mm. It just feels like if there was a way of combining it with some of those matches at Access that I would be interested in seeing, mm. then yeah, I'd probably take an interest in it. Um, but other than that, like... I. It, you know, I, I'm sure I'm being deeply ignorant, and there are some elements of it that I probably would want to see, but it always overruns. Mm. It always wa- overruns. Water is wet, sky is blue, and the Hall of Fame always overruns. <laughs> um, get, getting back to the Indies, then the other WWN show that we should touch on, uh, Evolve uh, 103, uh, took place as well. Um, <laughs> again, this is the one that uh, that sent you to sleep, JP. So I'm not sure. Yeah. If, uh, that's a that's a ringing endorsement from you, but there was uh, some good stuff on this show as well i've tried to catch up on a bit of it at the start i mean the real noticeable thing for me the thing that did it was i I wasn't really into the austin theory keith lee match Mm. um and that was the thing that sent me off to the land of nod keith Um, lee doing the honors there as well yeah it doesn't and it doesn't feel like austin theory has a look Mm. and he's perfectly fine Mm. but you know there isn't anything there that's sort of impactful about him um and there'd been enough rumours about Keith Lee being signed by WWE. You, you thought that there might be a change, but it felt like such a low-key way to do it mm. um, at a virtually empty building. And I imagine it's partly because of the Ring of Honor show, which was absolutely cram-packed and had some great stuff going on in it. So you had this really empty crowd. Mm. 
that that was, was kind of shocking for me. I thought, yeah, this felt like it, it was a well built card with you know it had that's just second about it. Like it's Matt Riddle on it, um, shoes off, lads going for a two big two men um, having a having a real fight. Um, I that would have been a draw for me, but you're right. Mm. There's so much going on across town that yeah, this is probably uh, the point where the evolve crowd was just at its at its quietest and uh, and at its lowest as well. Yep, absolutely and. So I've only seen um, the first couple of matches. Mm. That's oh. pretty much pretty much it. Um, I haven't seen the last three, which is what I'm hearing is the the matches to to catch up on. Yeah, I'd say so. I'd say uh, if you're struggling with time, the Super Show should probably take priority for you. Um, yeah. But yeah, like I say, with a lot of the the potential audience out at the other shows it just didn't feel that important but yeah dice k and riddle they had a good match i'd say yeah that's something you'd enjoy jp like i say the dice k took his took his shoes off they had the, a no rope break match yep. which is what matt riddle's uh setting up his title run uh to be um and also you know the it was kind of cool getting to see riddle go over strong against somebody like that with it with his hammer fists and Second motor did seem to have a, a genuine respect for Riddle. That was a, a fun match to watch. Walter and Tracy Williams is another one that I enjoyed in the moment, but I'm not going to tell people to go out the way to see. I was so sad that Darby Allen wasn't on this show. Um, Walter yeah. and Darby Allen was kind of my, my dream match of the weekend once I'd heard about it. Uh, I had no idea it was even coming, and I was just so sad. He's dodged the bullet, though, Darby yeah, Allen. Well, apparently he got a concussion at the Progress show from doing the Thunder Bastards. Um, I did see comments that he was, he was quite worrying mm. how... The, the little regard he has for his personal welfare. Yeah, so I think if that was on this show, I would tell people to go out the way because I'm sure they would have tore the house down. But instead, we got Walter and Tracy Williams where two men who don't really look like they should be in the same fight, I would say, and it just felt yeah. quite a bit inconsequential. It was just Walter killing Tracy Williams in front of not many people. Uh, Sour and Jacker had a very battle art style match again. If you're into that style, uh, for the let's say semi-retired <laughs> so uh, yeah that that was all right um but again not a lot to uh to say you know at this point but when these shows are coming thick and fast i mean i had plans on watching that beyond show i've got to be honest i'm probably not gonna go back and watch that beyond show <laughs> 24 hours have gone by jp so now it's just like it didn't exist anymore um you've got to pick and choose on this big weekend haven't you oh you do <laughs> you do you go mad i mean we've already watched somewhere in the region about 15 hours of wrestling already <laughs> and that's you- that's terrifying you say that's that without JP. going anywhere near WWE or Ring of Honor. Oh, that's to come tonight. But you say that, JP. But uh, you found yourself today. Uh, you thought, oh, I've got to spare three hours here. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to watch Impact versus Lucha Underground. <laughs> so, in my best uh, Brian Alvarez impression, I'm going to say, take it away, Dave. And uh, what's the rundown on Impact versus Lucha Underground? I've got to be honest, I was in flicking between the Hall of Fame and the other stuff that was going on. When it when the match the show started, I did see Scott Steiner come out in his NWO t-shirt, which I loved. Um, teaming with Teddy Hart, and I did see a little bit of the main event, uh, Alberto Elpatron not showing up, shock horror. Um, and instead, it was Pentagon yeah. Phoenix and Te- uh, Te- Pentagon Phoenix and Austin Aries. I must said Teddy Hart then in a three way. That would have been awesome. Uh, but yeah, how was it overall as a show? And uh, any particular highlights uh, or lowlights, JP? Um, I partic- I, I did enjoy it. It was a fun show for what it was. And, uh, just a, f- a few interesting notes on it. Um, that there was, they had it live on Twitch, um, which was the, the actual stream itself I found to be, uh, 
to be fine but it was a live feed so there was a couple of kind of those, those slight crossover bits where you can hear people talking through the running order mm. which you could also hear in like joey janella mm. um and then you had you had the two ring announcers um which i thought was interesting um in between the matches there's some really good packages including uh, a, a promo video for lucha underground or which is great um it's it's an interesting one because you've got the battle of the two promotions which gets about a combined audience of what about five hundred thousand? <laughs> that's very true, actually, isn't it? Lucha Underground, yeah. Yeah, nobody watching, and yeah, the Impact <laughs> are on the last legs. Yeah, I mean, I saw. Uh, I mean, we said yesterday Impact are doing a good job of rehabbing their image, and they said yeah. on the Twitter that this uh, this show put them over the one million mark and views on Twitch. But I don't think it was a million people watching this individual show. I think it, they just meant uh, overall on Twitch. Uh, yeah, at least they're getting eyes on them though. Um, although again, with the brief moments that I, that I put this show on, uh, the commentary being uh, Josh Matthews and uh, Matt Stryker, uh, mm-hmm. that didn't uh, encourage me. Oh, how, how did you fare uh, sitting yeah. through that? Hey, do you know it was fine at first, and then it, and then Matt Stryker starts to disappear up his own ass, mm. uh, and it's just like, oh, this is starting to drag out. Um, there was. It did fulfill a very good practical purpose that he fills in a lot of the stories going on with Lucha Underground. Hmm. So it did. It wasn't as bad as I imagine some people listening would think it is. It's not like it wasn't completely unlistenable. This isn't Matt Stryker at Triple Mania. Hmm. Um, this was a, a bit more bearable. Um, yeah, the, of all of the matches that I saw, um, the one that really stood out was the uh, Ohio versus everything. Jake and, da- Jake and Dave Chris, the former Irish uh, Airborne versus Scott Steiner and Teddy Hart. What a team. It's, what a team. In USA, yeah, Scott Steiner in a uh, wolf, uh, in a wolf, NWO wolf pack t-shirt. It's only been 20 years, JP. It's still cool. Only been 20 years. It was, it was, it was fine for what it was. Um, Teddy Hart was there. Why not? I'd love to see him in, in Impact. What the fuck else have they got to lose at this stage? <laughs> you might as well go all in. Yeah, Just yeah. go full Joey Janela with your TV program. Just get him in booking the company. Um, <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, with uh, Steiner hitting the Steiner recliner as well. He didn't do that. You know, in recent years, he's doing that top rope Rana, uh, mm. like top rope Frankenstein. This should be the show as well. It's a big show. Didn't do it. Oh. I was like, I was, I was, you know, a little bit like, oh, it's a shame. <laughs> he's, he's still big, but there is a bit of bulge there. Um, but yeah, it was, it was apps, it was, it was fine for what it was. Um, the, there was, uh, yeah, trying to think of the other matches that were there. How was the main I, event? Uh, Pentagon and Aries and Phoenix. I only saw a few well, minutes of it. Pentagon and Phoenix, uh, I love them as a team. I love them against each other as well. But it felt like from the bits I saw, it'd be a weird dynamic, considering they were supposed to be a team going into this match. Now that Ares is in there on his own against the both of them, how did they, they work it and what did you make of it? Uh, it was actually okay. And it's partly because Pentagon and Phoenix have worked in the US so much that it's not a case where there was a, a real styles clash or it was just them doing lucha stuff with Aries joining in every once in a while. Mm. Um, you got the impression with this that Pentagon's going to be someone who turns up in impact soon enough. Um, so if he can felt, get out of his lucha contract that runs about 70 million years. I think they have get outs this year. I'm not entirely sure about it. There's been conflicting stories about it as well. Um, 
I so yeah, it was it was fine. Um, it was yeah. Pentagon Junior does the uh, his three up three down driver for it's Kieromiedo driver. Um, here it is driver. That's what I, I'd call it. It's the old uh, the old Matt Seidel, isn't it? Oh yeah, yeah. Um, and it was yeah, it was it was fine. And that's how you'd kind of summarise the show. There was lots of very heavily, obviously with Lucha Underground, Lucha influenced matches. Mm. Um, as well as there was the um, uh, Eddie Edward Sammy Callahan I Quit match as well, which was building up from the um, uh, the baseball shot that had gone into Edward's eye, nearly blind him, bl- blinding him. Um, but I didn't really um, enjoy it. To be honest with you, it kind of, I don't know. Sammy Callahan's not doing it for me at the minute, and that seems to be the theme with a lot of people. The, the heel Sammy Callahan. The see heel Sammy Callahan, and there was someone going through the. Somebody had a a sign up saying "I stand with Sammy Callahan," which Eddie Edwards ran up and grabbed mm. and ripped up in the ring as well. Um, outside of that, um, yeah, there was. There was an interesting tag match. Uh, the one I would say that I did enjoy was the um, LAX versus Killshot and Willie Mack. Killshot's Shane Strickland. Um, and that was for the Impact Tag t- Titles. And I enjoyed that. I thought that was that was uh, really good fun. Um, they go by a different name, don't they? The LAX when they're not working with Impact. Yeah, I I think there's a lot of wrestlers on this show that have kind of got the... It's a weird when you've got that... Yeah. Like, Jeff Cobber's Matanza. Yeah, yeah, that weird kind of overlap of worlds where Pentagon and Phoenix are allowed to be called Pentagon and Phoenix here, but yeah, it's uh, it is a bit strange. But I don't know. I think I think TNA could. It doesn't sound like you're giving it a high recommendation this show, but I think it's uh, it's a re- it's a it's a relationship that could bear fruit if uh, Impact again. Lucha Underground, like the buzz is pretty much all but dissipated at this point. But yes. you could probably get a, they've got some really good guys there just based on some of the matches you reeled off there. Um, I think it, it could bear fruit uh, for both if they're both, you know, looking to get their ratings up and looking to get their their profile up. Uh, they could do worse than to work with each other again. I was going to say it's a natural talent swap between the two. It works. It gives the guys at Lucha Underground a bit more work. As I say, a bit more work. Obviously, TNA take their stuff well in advance as well. Um, and there are enough good matches there. There just wasn't anything that was game changing or amazing out of it. Mm. Um, it didn't feel very sort of star power heavy. It felt like a kind of a mix of, uh, an indie show with lots of Lucha guys. Mm. I don't know whether or not the Crash Show, which has gone up now on the High Spots Network, whether or not that would feel kind of similar to this one. That's something but was... I'm going to chase on the VOD, the Crash Show. I believe they uh, they did the Very five star sure. thing, and everybody came out to the same theme music. I saw someone say it on Twitter, uh, they... but I think the Crash would be more yeah, you're, you're legitimate. Uh, that's the, the the proper experience, I think. Yeah, hopefully tomorrow when we do um, when we do uh, another show tomorrow we'll be able to sort of have an overview then of where the kind of promotions are mm. at this point and where they, uh, what the kind of wrestling landscape is. Cause between this and the strong style evolve show, you kind of get a good idea of where all the major promotions are, even all Japan are having their champion carnival at the moment. So it mm. seems like it's a, it's an interesting point to kind of see where promotions are, see what the next, the rest of the year might have in store for us. Um, definitely. So yeah, if you've got the time, watch it 
uh, TNA, as I've stated on several occasions, has really got its claws to me, uh, into me, and I find it hard not to end up tracking down their stuff, even against my better judgment. <laughs> but I, it doesn't sound like watching this. Is, uh, I mean, there's the three matches from Evolve 103, but um, it didn't sound like I necessarily missed too much else from the Evolve show. So, yeah. Fair enough. Yeah, so a wise decision then, JP, for you to spend your three hours uh, <laughs> on this thing. I mean, we before we go, we, as we did on day one, I want to talk best and worst of the day. Of the yes. day. I'm guessing your worst of the day is going to be uh, this thing, or is there anything else that pips it? Oh, worst of the day. Um, I had something really clear in mind, and then it's it's Virgil's magic. promo. Virgil's promo. <laughs> Vir- Virgil's promo. Although it could be depending on when we hear probably from Martin and Joe about this could be the best thing that was on the show. Uh, <laughs> one of the big points of the show. Um, outside of that, um, mic difficulties. Yeah. Very hard to hear promos. Yeah. It was a kind of a day of that, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, I think I'd second that. Um, best of the day then. Let's look at the positive. And there's been a lot of positive on this day. Oh. Uh, I, I'll go first. I'm going to say Will Ospreay and, uh, and Matt Riddle. Uh, I think the obviously the best mm. show of the weekend is Janela's show, even if it, technically some of the matches aren't the best of the weekend. Uh, but I think technically, if you get the closest thing to a five-star match I've seen this weekend was Matt Riddle and Will Ospreay. Um, yeah. Although, I would say PCO and Walter pushed it close. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, P- PCO and Walter. That might be that might be the one. Although, um, I'll, I'll give a special shout-out for that wrestler intro from Joey Janela. Mm. Um, if you get a chance to see it on his Twitter, absolutely fantastic. Definitely, yeah. That was another one we mentioned, Mike Issues, as being a negative. I think that's another worst of the day for me, as much as I love the Janela show. I mean, it's a show all about the production in these videos, and they were playing these videos, but it was like watching an old uh, pirate video from the, the old cinema days where someone's yeah. the camera was just pointing at a big screen, and you're trying to understand and listen. It, it made me feel like it was 1993, and I was watching a pirated tape of Home Alone again um, from some dodgy fella at the local showcase. It was just it was oh, hard yeah. to... You couldn't really make as great as the video is, because I've gone back and watched this since. You are right. It was very hard to uh, to work out what was going on there. I was also going to say as well, did the um, the clusterfuck, did that go out of sync at one point? No, I've heard people say that about the, the show. Oh, it is. What, it does, but it was happening to me live. This is the thing. They, they were, as much as I've enjoyed fights over the weekend, they did seem to have a lot of problems during Janela, but it felt like if you refreshed, it would reset itself. I don't know if that's the case with the VOD as well. Um, but yeah, they've had a few times. issues. Still the same. Uh, it, it kind of was a couple of times I refreshed and it sorted itself out. Yeah, uh, that's it. Kind of the story of the weekend, isn't it? Yeah. I think somebody said on commentary, it's taken us ten years to get streaming, not right with wrestling, and we're, we're still not quite there yet. But we're we're certainly close. So the fact that we're able to do a podcast like this, where me and you are sat on our asses in uh, Liverpool and Oxford, uh, we yeah. don't have to go to New Orleans. We can actually take in all this wrestling, so uh, we shouldn't be uh, too spoilt over a couple of production issues. Um, before we go then, JP, what are you looking forward to tonight? It's a uh, packed night for Saturday. We've got Shimmer 100s. We've got NXT yep. TakeOver, which isn't indie, but there's a lot of indie guys on it. So I will be watching that. Ring of Honor, Supercard of Honor, with the biggest match of the weekend as far as build, I think. Uh, Kenny yep. Omega and, and Cody Rhodes. I'm not sure they're going to be able to deliver in ring. I love Cody, but he, he'll say himself he is Mr. Three Star Special. Uh, but I'm <laughs> going to be watching it. They, they've taught me into the building. His promo work, his character work. Utterly yep, incredible. Yes. I have a feeling we'll spend a lot of time uh, 
singing his praises uh, tomorrow. There's also WWN Style Battle, which is taking place in the shadow of NXT and Ring of Honor. Mm. As we've said, I can't see anyone's going to be there for that one. Uh, and no. also House of Car- Hardcore taking place as well, and Kaiju Big Battle. Uh, anything uh, jumping out to you there, JP? What are you looking forward to most? I think my plan is to watch NXT tonight, mm. see how it's going on the UFC. I'm thinking that too, yeah. Watch a little bit. Maybe it might finish just in time for the big matches. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Then watch, um, get up, watch Ring of Honor in the morning, mm. and then pot, if I've got time, Kaiju Big Battle. Mm. If I'm picking one of the, I know I've already bought it as well, so it's there. Um, yeah, if that's, that's my plan. Is that similar to yours? Similar, yeah, yeah. I think, uh, Style battle, maybe. Maybe. I might pick out a couple of matches from that just so we can talk about it tomorrow. House of yeah. Hardcore, I'm not so sure. And I don't know if no. I can't see many of our listeners uh, watching, staying up for that one either. But uh, I guess we'll see. I'll see how bored I am tomorrow and, uh, yeah. and how I get on with it. Awesome. Uh, brilliant then, JP. That pretty much sums us up for, for day two. Uh, mm. Where can the, anything to plug and where can people find you on the internet? I've got nothing to plug, but if people want to give me shit, I'm all in for that. <laughs> um, <laughs> just my Twitter handle, which is JPJP3Es. I might try tweeting stuff tonight. I've been doing a lot of um, using my phone to get up to my Apple TV. Oh. And I, I haven't found the optimum position to live tweet a show. But uh, <laughs> I don't need to do that tonight with NXT. So I look, I look forward to the beauties that wrestling twitter will pick up on straight away <laughs> good man well yeah follow along jp uh follow me at benson richard a i'll pimp something we had our spotlight episode this week where we did a full review oh, yes. of progress uh do check that out on the indycorner.com as well as uh if you haven't got there yet uh, yesterday's uh, live stream and review and also check me out on uh, postwrestling.com where we do the uh, british wrestling experience uh, where we wrap up the uh, the news and everything going on every two weeks in brit res if I could also mention as well, there's a couple of great articles up on there that have that have gone up in recent weeks. Um, some of it going back to WXW as well, um, from friend of the show Jenna. Uh, that's worth having a read. Um, yeah, there's there's some really interesting stuff on up on there. So go have a read if you get Definitely. a chance. Yep, the dot com for all that stuff. You'll get some good re- results as well from uh, from Progress and Rev Pro, mm. uh, the shows that are happening. I believe Progress is going on right now. So uh, check out theindycorner dot com and follow the Indicorner at the Indicorner on Twitter, and we'll catch you again tomorrow. Bye! Goodbye.